What's going on, guys? It's Nick here. Back in the video. It's Wednesday. It's time to take a look at the trade market. Talk about the players I'd be trading for this week. Tony Pollard was my number one buy low last week. I still have complete faith in him. And I'm again listing him number one. He's scoreless in four straight games now, ranking 17th in fantasy points since week two. But the volume has been there with him ranking third in expected fantasy points over that time. Why the difference? Well, Dallas has been involved in zero games within 10 points this season. The differential in their five games so far have been 40, 20, 12, 35, and 32 points. Pollard had 32 touches in the 20-point game, 26 touches in the 12-point game, but only 16, 14, and 12 touches in the games decided by 40, 35, and 32 points. He's hurting from blocks. Like, that's really all that's happening right now, combined with also uh, a little bit of touchdown variance, which, I mean, is really hurting his value, right? Like, in these games where the outcome is 30 points or more in one direction while he's also getting unlucky with touchdowns, of course that's going to really hurt his fantasy upside, but they're going to play in a close game at some point this season, and given that he leads all players in the NFL with 16 carries inside the 10-yard line, he's going to have a multi-touchdown game soon. Like For someone to lead the league in carries inside the 10 and be getting unlucky with touchdowns, that's going to reverse course. He's eventually going to start getting lucky with touchdowns, be scoring a bunch. He's my running back three rest of the season. Definitely the number one buy low again this week. Number two buy low is T. Higgins. Burrow had his best game of the season a week ago, but you obviously can't buy low on Jamar Chase anymore. He goes nuclear. Um, people have yet to see a healthy Burrow with Higgins so far this season, and you know, since Higgins costs like a second or a third round pick and has 129 total receiving yards through week five, I can't imagine that a lot of teams that drafted Higgins are doing amazing. Like you can be doing perfectly fine, but I would say on average teams that drafted Higgins are underperforming so far this season. And if they are doing well, it's probably because they hit on a different wide receiver and are still upset with T. Higgins. So either the team is underperforming and they blame T. Higgins, or they're overperforming what they should have done because they hit on a wide receiver and they're still upset with T. Higgins being like, well, why do I even have this guy? I hit on these other spots. So regardless, pretty much every team that has T. Higgins does not want him right now. He's averaging 5.9 fewer points per game than expected this year. That ranks first among all all wide receivers and to be honest they might hold him out again this week and if they don't we're not expecting return to performance this week so he's probably not going to have an amazing game then they go on by in week seven so whoever has t higgins right now like honestly if they rule him out on like friday or saturday i feel like that's your time to pounce they're going to see him out see him on by next week and be so unbelievably furious <laughs> that you're probably going to be able to get him for a pretty steep discount uh, when they do return from by in week eight I view Higgins as a high-end wide receiver too and I can promise you it is not going to take that to trade for him right now so if you can afford to and especially if he's out you can put him on IR um, but if you can afford to not have him these next two weeks which many people can I'd go after him number three by low is Evan Ingram he ranks second in targets second in receptions second in receiving yards among tight ends, but he's seventh 
in half PPR scoring since he has zero touchdowns. Now, to be fair, this is not a Tony Pollard situation where, you know, Pollard is leading the league in carries from close and yet not scoring touchdowns. Evan Ingram is not getting targets inside the red zone because only three players on the Jaguars have received a single target inside the red zone. Christian Kirk only has one. Calvin Ridley has six. Zay Jones, even missing time, has seven. So, you know, they they really do need to use Ingram more in the red zone if he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. And I'm not expecting a lot of touchdowns, right? I feel like when we enter the season, his over-under for touchdowns was probably like four and a half. Like you're hoping to get five or six across the entire season. Remember, this is the tight end position. We're not expecting him to go out there and have a touchdown every week. Uh, But he's not going to go the entire year with zero red zone receptions. He's going to have at least some sort of role in the red zone, that's going to go up. And as long as he maintains this really strong workload between the 20s, all he has to do is add a few touchdowns and his fantasy numbers are going to look a lot better. And I feel like I just keep going back to like, it's not super often that you've got a a tight end who's ranked second in targets, receiving yards, uh, receptions, like having incredible volume that's by low because they're just not scoring any touchdowns and so the fantasy points aren't really spiked but the volume is absolutely there for him to have a really really nice season and the Jaguars are kind of underperforming on offense right now if that gets going if the touchdowns start coming he's going to be really good and now's a great time to buy low if you need a tight end fourth favorite by the way right now is Joe Mixon Uh, not only does Joe Burrow look healthier. That's obviously going to help. They're going to have the bye week in week seven. Burrow should be 100% in week eight. But Mixon has gotten really unlucky with touchdowns so far. He is the only player in the NFL with a complete lock on the red zone carries. So definitely a good time to buy low when a player like that is underperforming with touchdowns. He's taken 100% of the team's carries inside the red zone, but he only has one touchdown on those 16 carries, zero touchdowns on his 10 carries inside the 10-yard line. Think about the upside there. The Bengals finally started scoring last week. I think they were last in touchdowns per game before last week, but even with you know last week going off, like they're still 26th in touchdowns per game. But we have a player on a team that, I mean, let's be honest, the Bengals are probably going to finish the season, at least if we start now and go through the rest of the year, they're going to be top five in touchdowns per game. That's just going to happen. So when you have a player who's getting 100% of the running back carries in the red zone of a team that was doing terrible, but is now going to do really, really good in the touchdown department, obviously you need to be buying low on that player. I have a new page on the website that shows like, a graphic of what percentage of the expected fantasy points each running back has uh, of the total from a backfield. And what we're really looking for is players who have a massive share of the opportunity because when the team does well, that player is going to do very, very well. And that's the case with Mixon. The problem is the expected points are so low because they've been doing so poorly to start the season. But they're going to do a lot better. And so we're going to see the pie really increase for the Bengals. And since Mixon has such a large share of that pie, his fantasy points are going to go way up in the near future. Have to be training for him and again, T. Higgins as well. 
fifth favorite by low right now is Jalen Waddle. Uh, Tyree Kill is currently on pace for 2,213 receiving yards. He's wide receiver one overall by 15 points and a half PPR scoring. That's crazy. Uh, Waddle, on the other hand, is pacing for 980 yards, definitely way lower than last season. Uh, he only has one touchdown through five weeks. Again, it was only four games because of the injury. But he's ranked 45th overall, 39th in half PPR points per game. But realistically, he's not doing significantly different than last season. Like last season, he finished seventh overall, 13th points per game. So the fantasy points are way different. But if we look at weeks seven through 14, just like the heart of the season, a really big stretch in fantasy. He averaged 4.1 receptions for 67 yards, 0.4 touchdowns. This season, he's averaging 4.3 receptions, 61 yards, 0.3 touchdowns. So the production is basically the same. And I picked those weeks basically because it's kind of sandwiched in between some nukes, some really, really good games from him. That's just what we should expect. He's going to hover around four receptions, around 60 or 70 yards. He's going to score occasionally. That's going to be his normal output until he has a game where he has 10 for 150 and two touchdowns. Like That's basically just what you have to expect from Jalen Waddle. And so we buy low when he has a lot of games in a row where he doesn't go off because we know it's coming at some point. And that's the whole point of rostering him. You know that you're not getting six for 70 and a score every week. That's just not happening from Jalen Waddle. He's not a super consistent fantasy score. He has really good games and then some games that are mediocre. He never has, you know, like a bunch of games in a row where he's got like four fantasy points, three fantasy points, two fantasy points, right? He's basically like a more extreme version of Gabe Davis, but like, I guess more a better version of Gabe Davis where like the lows aren't as low. I know Gabe's kind of going off to start the year with the touchdowns, but we all know Gabe Davis is a much lower floor than Jalen Waddle. But that's basically what you have to expect. Last season, he had six games over 100 receiving yards. Again, he has that ceiling to where he can go for 150, 170 receiving yards in a game. This season, that ceiling's been fairly disappointing, but I'm pretty confident that very soon he's going to have a good game. Once that happens, it'll be very difficult to trade for him. Um, I'd be more than happy using him in the wide receiver two spot for the rest of the season. It would be amazing if you get him in the flex. So if you could trade for him and still have your best starting lineup to where Jalen Waddle is in your flex, that's awesome. I love playing these like, you know, lower floor, but very high ceiling players in the flex because you're a little bit less reliant on it. You play them at wide receiver two. You're a little bit more reliant on your wide receiver two spot to be a little bit more consistent, to not have those really bad games. So if you can slide him into the flex spot, well, now he's not, you know, as important. You don't need him to have 15 every single week. But when he goes off in your flex and he scores 30, 35 fantasy points, you won the week. I mean, unless everyone else on your team does really bad, if your flex spot's scoring that many points, you're probably going to win. So I'd be training for him right now. Again, I'm comfortable using him at wide receiver too. Ideally, you can trade for him in a way where you can use him in the flex moving forward. Final player over today is Justin Jefferson. I've gotten a lot of questions about what we should be doing with him. So I figured you know it'd be good to close the discussion on what I would do. If you currently have Justin Jefferson and you have more than one win, so you're two and three or better, I would hold him unless someone's offering you high-end wide receiver two value, so someone in the rest of the season rankings in that general you know, 12 through 15 range. Um, I know it's easier if you have an IR spot, uh, and I would honestly say if you don't have an IR spot, 
my requirement goes down a little bit because it hurts you a little bit more having to have him on the bench if you have that at our spot. And especially if you're not using it, you know, you get the free ad, you can keep him there, keep your normal roster. Uh, it just helps you out a little bit more. But most of you should be playing with Lee's IR spot. But that's generally what I would do, be doing if you have, you know, two or more wins. If you're 0-5, if you're 1-4, I would probably look to move him this week. Um, he's been doing really well besides last week. And so if you have less than two wins, it definitely means that you missed on other picks, which also means now that you don't have Jefferson, you're really going to be hurting because if you missed on your other picks, you don't have Jefferson. You haven't been doing great with Jefferson. You're not going to do very great without Jefferson. So ideally, you'd still get a high-end wide receiver too. But if you're losing because you lack depth, then I'd be fine getting like maybe two players instead. Get a running back and a wide receiver if you're hurting at both spots. Looking that like, you know... 14 to 18 range in the rest of the season rankings. Get two players in that general spot. Um, target a team that could really use Jefferson. Target one of the better teams. I know it stinks, but target one of the better teams. They'll be more willing to give up their depth for that really good player. And listen, you got to save yourself, right? You can't think about what the other people in your league think about the trade. You have to try and win right now. You're definitely losing out in the long term. But some of you can't really afford to think about the long term if you have zero or one wins right now. Um, most of you fall in the bucket, though, of you don't have Jefferson. Should you be trying to trade for him? I would a thousand percent be sending offers if you have four or five wins. You can afford to take the hit in the short term. Maybe it means you don't finish in first place. But you can afford to take the hit right now knowing that any trade you do for Jefferson right now, if he returns in five or six weeks, you are winning out on that trade. He's going to be you know, a top three wide receiver the rest of the way through. Obviously, you need to make the playoffs. But if you're four and one, if you're five and oh, you're probably making the playoffs anyways. And once you make the playoffs, those are the weeks that really matter. And if you have a healthy Jefferson, that's really going to be beneficial to your team. So if you have four or five wins, I think you have to be going after him right now. And again, what we just talked about before, look at that team. You're on the reverse side now. If that team is losing because they missed out on their picks after Jefferson, trade them depth. Trade them multiple players that's going to help them out right now. If they're losing because they're getting unlucky, but they still have some depth, recognize that. Recognize that they don't want a million decent players on their bench trying to figure out who to start every week. Offer them one player that's decent, that's going to help them in the short term and kind of be a replacement for Jefferson. Um, again, if they have depth and you're kind of in that camp, the general range I'd be looking at right now is like low end one to high end two. I have Jefferson eighth in the rest of the season rankings right now. My wide receivers nine through 13 are Brandon Ayuk, Amonra St. Brown, Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, and DJ Moore. So if you have one of those players and you're doing well, and you want to trade for Jefferson, one for one, I would trade one of those players for Jefferson, take the hit now for the long-term game. If you want to go a little bit lower in the rest of the season rankings and then add in someone on your bench, I think that's totally fine. I don't know that I would trade like Amonra St. Brown plus someone you could use in the flex for Jefferson. Now you're giving away two decent pieces for one that you're definitely not going to have for a month. That's a little bit more risky, but again, it comes down to how risky of a player are you. And that's really my answer for if you have like zero, I wouldn't trade for Jefferson if you have zero. But if you have like two or three wins right now, it really just comes down to how risky you want to play. Like I'm a risky player. So if anyone comes to me and says, you know, should I go for it? Should I 
take this short-term hit thinking that I do believe I can squeeze into the playoffs if I can. I won the deal. I have Jefferson long-term. I can win the championship from there. My answer to that is always go for it because, again, the, the playoffs matter so much that I would rather put myself in position to succeed if I can make the playoffs than guarantee I can you know potentially squeeze into the playoffs but then not have as strong of a team. So if you're 2-3 right now, it comes down to how risky you want to play it, but I pretty much always recommend try and play it risky. Also, I don't fall into the camp of people who think that like they're going to shut him down. They absolutely could. The path to that happening would basically be He's good to go come week 10, but he either comes back or in practice, he re-aggravates the injury. He's forced to miss a few more games. They're out of the playoffs at that point. Then it's you know week 14, week 15 when he would come back. Then they decide to shut him down. I do think, though, that's the less likely outcome. We shouldn't expect him to re-aggravate the injury. And I can't see Jefferson as a player being good to go in week 10 Having them come to him and be like, you know what, we're going to shut you down for the final like seven, eight games of the season. You know, I, I don't see him being okay with that. Also, I don't really see them losing out while he's gone. They have some very, very winnable games. The rest of their schedule isn't like that difficult. They have winnable games. I don't think they're going to be good this season. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think come week 10, they're going to be completely out of it. No chance of winning. I don't think they're going to lose out without him. And so again, I wouldn't worry about that too much, but if you're overly concerned, if you're not a risky player in general, maybe just back off. Don't go for it. Go for the other players we mentioned. So those are my favorite trade targets this week. I'll be back tomorrow with a breakdown of every single game. And my friends is in this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.